Welcome to the Epiphany Movement Podcast. To learn more about the Epiphany Movement, visit us online at epiphanymovement.com. Thank you for tuning in, and we hope you enjoyed today's talk from Pastor Drake Nelson. So today we're going to be in Acts chapter 8, and... Honestly, I don't have like a very interesting story at the beginning to draw all your attentions. I know you're supposed to do that in communicating. I don't have a a tear-jerking story at the end. You know, usually when I preach or when we preach up here, you kind of get a topic that you want to talk about. Maybe it's discipleship or growth. Maybe it's... um the glory of God, and you find scriptures that kind of talk about what you want to talk, and you kind of somewhat force your scripture into the topic that you want to preach. And, and hopefully, praise the Lord, that's glorifying to God. Uh, we're not going to do that today. We're not going to do that today. All we're going to do this morning is we are going to open up the Word of God, and we are going to let that book pour out into your life. Literally just bleed into your life. So there's going to be a multiple topics that we're going to discuss today that the scripture will bring up. There won't be one topic and then a bunch of scripture, just one scripture, multiple topics that we're going to talk about. All I can say about the sermon, honestly, is... You have never heard it before. Like, you've never heard anybody preach on this. Um, You've never learned anything. Like, I don't think so. And you probably will never learn it again. It's completely unique. I was reading through Scripture, and I found something that I've never found before. And it is, I've never even heard this thought before. And I'm going to try my best to illuminate it to you. Can I... I, can I confess something um, to everybody? Uh, I, I just got to get this off my chest before I go any farther because I'm not going to be able to preach until I get it off my chest. So bad this week. I've been so nervous because I've wanted to be so impressive uh, this week. I knew I had some new people coming. I knew it was going to be Luke's first Sunday uh, here. I knew he was going to listen, and I knew we was going to have a couple of new people coming, and I knew my family was going to come and, and listen, and, and I was so bad. I just wanted to be so impressive, and, and I put all the stress. I was like, man, I just want to impress everybody. I want to, I, I, I want to, I want to do so good, God. And, and last night, I, I'm not going to lie, I just, had to, I just had to confess to God, please get that off of me. Like, please let me just take that off. I, 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 I don't want to be impressive, God. I don't want to impress anybody. I want your word to leave an impression on our lives. So as, 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 as humbly as I can say this, I'm not going to, 
all I can say for this morning is that we're about to open up this book and we're about to look into see see what this says and then hopefully it's just going to bleed into your all your lives and I know y'all have so much going on in your I know this is going to speak and I, and I want you to listen to me please hear this ah <laughs> If what I am saying is true, it is as if Christ himself is speaking this to your life. So if it convicts you, please hear me, it's from God's word. And if it strengthens you, it's from God's word. And if it encourages you, it's from God's word. It's not from... Okay. At the very beginning... Just to give some context of what Luke just read in Acts chapter 8, here's what happened, okay? In Acts chapter 7, there's this amazing dude. His name was Stephen. And Stephen was a disciple. He was one of the ones to be chosen to kind of help fill us, like the bread man, to help the orphans and the widows get their food that they was going to get. He was uh, someone who was a very, very, very godly man. He actually even performed many miracles, so what happened is that Stephen goes to this place. He's in front of all these men and these women. They start convicting Stephen in the midst of everyone. So much so that everyone decides, hey, this dude isn't even worthy to live. Stephen takes them all the way back to the Old Testament, walks them through the Old Testament, shows them Jesus, and it's in that moment that the Jews decide, we're about to kill this man. So they pick up rocks and they break his nose, they break his ribs, they break his femur. His eyes would actually fall out of his face. His skull would be fractured so much so that brain would, I mean, that's what stoning is. You take rocks and you throw it. As, and here's how I know they threw it as hard as they could. Because at the beginning of chapter 8, it says that Paul, he... They would let Paul hold their coats so that they could have a loose arm so they could throw faster. Harder. And in the midst of being stoned, hear what Stephen prayed. He said, Father, I see Jesus sitting at the right hand of God, but Father, don't hold this sin against them. And with that, Stephen breathed his last with all the broken ribs that he would have had in that moment, spitting up blood. He's dead. We pick up in chapter 8, and the first verse says, A great wave of persecution began that day. And I'm reading that and sitting here thinking about the church. I mean, could you put yourself in that situation? Just put yourself in that situation for one moment. You're sitting there thinking, God, are you serious right now? Stephen? I mean, he did miracles in your name. Everybody loves Stephen. He served you. He was a disciple. He gave his life to help people. All he wanted to do was to follow you, God, and you're going to let him be stoned to death? Are you joking right now? 
I mean, if anybody, but, 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 but him. I went to a movie this week. It was on a Thursday afternoon at 3 o'clock. The movie was called The Chosen. It was the season finale. If you've never seen The Chosen before, I highly encourage you to watch it. It's season 1, 2, and 3. It's like a series about the life of Jesus. If you've ever seen The Passion of the Christ, kind of like that, but in a series event. It's very good. Season 3 came out. I went to go watch the finale on a Thursday afternoon. started at 3 o'clock. It was a three-hour movie episode. Two hours and 40 minutes. The whole movie is about how Peter and his wife, the Bible does say that Peter had a wife, but it's about how they have a, have a, have a miscarriage in, in, their, in their marriage. They have a miscarriage right at the, in the middle of Peter doing his ministry. They have a miscarriage. And Peter, for episodes 4, 5, and 6, spend the entire episode being angry with Jesus, being mad at Jesus, leaving Jesus, because they are so, he is so frustrated at what, in essence, Jesus has allowed to happen in his life. Now, this isn't in the Bible, you understand. It's just trying to draw us out a context of maybe some of the things that was going on in Peter's life. And I'm in the theater, and they have the context set, and then you see the final blow-up on, 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 on episode 6 and 7, which is, no, 7 and 8, which I was looking at. You see what happens, and that is that Peter looks at Jesus, and he says, Jesus, you fed 5,000 people. 5,000. But you haven't loved me? You didn't save my ma You didn't save my child? Are you kidding me? And then he sends him away. Peter, after watching this amazing miracle, has all his fish and the bread, and he, they picked up their 12 baskets of leftovers, and he just throws it out. And he says, Jesus, I'm done. And he goes and he buys a boat. And all the other 12 disciples, they come in, and they get, on the, they get in the boat, and they're out on the boat. In the midst, a storm comes. And you know the Bible story. As they're in the boat and the storm is there, Jesus sees them on the water. He walks out on the water. And then who but Peter, in the midst of the storm, says, if, if you're really God, if you really are who you say you are, just, just let me get out here on the water. Let me walk out on the water, Jesus. I bet you won't. Why? Because you know my faith isn't great enough. He says, come on, start walking. And Peter gets off of the boat. And you know the story. He sees the waves and he starts to drown. And boom, there's Jesus. And when Peter comes out of the water, he's just sticking to Jesus. Jesus, he says, God, I'm sorry I ever doubted you. Jesus, don't leave me again. Don't leave me again. Don't leave me again. Don't leave me. I don't want you to go. God, just stay with me. I'm sorry I was angry. I know. I'm, I'm, I don't just don't leave me, God. And he's praying. And the movie ends on a Thursday afternoon, and nobody leaves the theater. Nobody. It just, everybody is stunned into silence. Because we've all been there. We've been Stephen. We've been Peter. We're trying to serve you, God, and we lose our job. We're trying to serve you, God, 
and our spouse walks out on us. We're trying to serve you, God, and our kids get thrown out of school. God, we're trying to give you our life. We're, try, we're not even just, we're not just tithing and we're not, I mean, literally we have sacrificed our life because we so believe in what you want us to do, God. And you mean to tell me that, that I'm about to die of cancer? We've all been Peter. So what does this chapter teach us about that? And I love it. It says in verse 5, I mean, it says it in verse 4. Hear me. It says, But the believers who were scattered preached the good news about Jesus wherever they went. You mean to tell me Stephen died? <clears throat> you mean to tell me persecution broke out? I'm running for my life. My life is hard. I'm looking for a 401k. I'm trying to get health insurance. I'm trying to make ends meet. I wrecked my vehicle. My family's falling apart. I don't know where to turn. All the while I'm serving you, and you mean to tell me, God, that there was a purpose in it? That's what the Bible says. Because of the persecution, all the believers, they're scattered, and they began to preach about the good news. Hear me. Don't let hard times stop you from preaching the gospel. In your life, don't let what's difficult, what you can hardly bury, don't, you don't have to carry it alone. Christ will come and He'll carry it with you, but don't let it stop you from being like Jesus who was on the cross in His suffering, in His persecution, that, that had the, the right sense to say, hey, I can save one more person. I, I, I don't know why this is happening. I think I'm dying for the sins of the world, but hey, come on with me. That's the first example that we get from Acts chapter 8. The second thing that we see in Acts chapter 8 is this dude named Simeon. We kind of really don't know what to make of Simeon too much. It's like, oh, what? Simeon? Like, what's going on with him? If you kind of keep on reading, you'll find out that he was a sorcerer. He would do these magic tricks. Now, I don't know if the magic tricks that Simeon would do, if they were like actual, I don't know, sleight of the hand magic tricks, you know, like, uh, you see me over here, psh, I, and I do something. It could have been like, a, like almost like a sorcerer that we see in First Samuel chapter eight with the media. Maybe he consulted the dead. Maybe it was a demonic type of of evil spirit that they had going on in Acts chapter eight, where he was really doing miraculous signs through demonic spirits. I I don't know. It could be either one of the three. But here's what we do know. Here's what we do know. From Acts chapter 8, we do know that there is a difference between miracles and magic. I don't think y'all heard about us. I'm going to say it one more time. There is a difference between miracles and magic. I guess it's just me and you, so I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll roll on it. I will say it one more time. 
there's a difference between a, a, a miracle of God and some kind of fake illusion of magic. Like, like the real thing. And I, and I just wonder, do we know the real thing? There are so many churches everywhere, literally everywhere, that pay top dollar for the best lights, smoke machines. They play the top dollar for the most high-tech sound system that they can buy. They want to have the nicest band, the best-known speaker. They, I mean, they pay as much money as they can. Why? To somehow, like, like imitate God. Like, like, let's, let, like, come on, God. Come, 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 come. And let's just formulate everything so we can have the presence of God. And, and I love that, that we can't afford all that stuff. I love that we're not. Because there's a difference between a miracle and magic. Hear me, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not, I better not say that, but I'll give you this example, okay? I went on a, <clears throat> I went on a youth trip one time with one of my good friends, Sam Taylor. There was a dude that was staying in our cabin right next to the ocean. And right in the next bump away, he gets on his phone, pulls out a speaker, and turns on sounds of the ocean to go to sleep by. He said, dude, I can't help it. I do it every night. It's the only way I can sleep. Anybody like that? You've got to have something on there, like a little sound of the ocean, like a fan, something like that. He's the same way. And I said, just open your window and hear the real ocean. It's right there. How, how many times, how many times do we settle for the fake, the fake? How many times do we settle for the magic? Like in our life, in your life, like don't settle for the fake waves. Only settle for the real thing. Like only settle for the real Christ. Only settle for, for, for Him. You don't have to, we don't have to manipulate a setting and I don't have to be emotional. This doesn't have to be a performance. Like, no, if God is really here, if He's really speaking in this place right now through our worship, through our singing, through our giving, through our sermon, through everything that we do as a church, if, if He's really in it, it won't be magic. It will be a miracle. It will be changing lives. I say all that to say, we as a, you as a Christian cannot be fake. We must be as real as water. And the only way to do that is to look to Him. The only way to do that is just to see Jesus. <clears throat> I'm done. Like, I really am. I know. You're just like, man, you just got started. Um. kind of done honestly I don't really know what else I want to say besides at the very beginning Saul says that Saul watched what happened he watched the killing of Stephen and as Saul watched the killing of Stephen in the next chapter later, we see in Acts chapter 9 that not only does Saul repent from his sin, but that Saul changed, that God changed Saul's name from Saul to Paul. And hey, I am so grateful that we serve a God 
who wants to take your past. I mean, this guy was a killer. He had done some terrible things. I'm so glad that we serve a God who will take your name and He will give you a brand new name. Amen. He will take you from what you were and turn you into something new, church. Do y'all hear what it's trying to tell us? That Paul, he was Saul. That God wants to take you and change your name to somebody else to take all what you used to be and make you somebody new. I have in my notes, um, if they aren't understanding it, use an example. Uh, I don't know if y'all are understanding it. I'll, I'll do my best to try to show you what I'm talking about because I think sometimes, like, I think sometimes as preachers, I don't want y'all to just, oh, yeah, that's, that's good. That's good truth. And, like, okay. I feel like sometimes you're way more logical than me. Sometimes it may feel like that. Um, Luke, if you would, come up here real quick for me. I've watched one fight in my life. Uh, do you know J.D. Barker? You know who I'm talking about? That's the only fight I've ever seen. How big is, is J.D., by the way? Uh, he was a big boy back like in high school, like what? 220 and just solid muscle, something like that. I mean, he, he, he could fight. It's the only fight I've ever seen. He beat this boy up so bad one day, he was literally like on top of like this 160 at most kid. Like, couldn't go down. And it's the only fight I've ever seen. But Luke, here, here's what I'm like, you know, here's what I want to try to do. <laughs> it won't go good, will it? Okay, if, if we were actually going to tussle, how would this look? It would be like, okay, Luke, I'm going to get down on the ground, and you just like kind of like put your elbow like in my back, like I can't move, like if you were just like about to pin me down, all right? So if I'm, now realize this is, this is just fake, like this ain't how it would really go down. Now I got, you know, all right. So, but if we were fighting, you, you'd have me like that. Oh, gosh, he, it, like, and now imagine if, if what he thought were like, Drake, get up. Say, say it, Kate, say, Drake, get up. Thanks, Kate. Really? <laughs> Is that what I'm supposed to do? You don't say. I was wondering what I was supposed to do, but now that you told me, like, like you know, and that's how sometimes I feel like preaching is. Hey, God's going to change your name. You're going to change. You can do better. Let's, let's throw off our old self. Let's put on our new self in Christ. And you're sitting there like, oh, thanks. That's what I'm supposed to. You don't say, too bad I got an elbow in my back, and I can't move. Mr. David England, you here? Hey, can you come here real quick? Oh, hold on, Luke, stay here. Stay here. See, I, I, called, I called Mr. David, Luke got up. Why? Because somebody had my back. Literally. Uh, y'all go, y'all go sit down. See, the point is, is that, yeah, maybe sin does got us pinned to the ground. And I'm up here preaching, God's going to change your name. He's going make to make you different. And you're sitting there like, 
I, I wish I could. I, I can't change. It's not what we can do when the devil has his elbow on our neck. It's about who we know. Hey, Jesus, come help, Mr. David. And when, when Jesus comes, Satan flees. That's how it works. Jesus comes, and Satan's off your back. It's not, hey, you change your own name. It's that Jesus will change your name for you. The same God who turned Abram into Abraham, Sarah into Sarah, the same God who took Jacob and turned him into Israel is the same God that took Simon, turned him to Peter, Saul, turned him to Paul, is the same God who's going to take you and give you a new name, the same God who's going to take you, forget your past, wash it white as snow, and say, dear sir, dear ma'am, you are made new. Our God can change names. And I love it in the Old Testament when God's talking and He's saying, hey, tell them the God of your ancestors took you. Tell them that the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and in that moment you expect God to say, and the God of Israel. But He doesn't say that. He says, but tell them the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob sent you. I'd love to know that God is the God of my Jacobs too. That God is the God of my screw-ups. He's the God of my mess-ups. He's, he's the God of when I'm like on my face saying, I don't know what to do. I don't know where else to go. I just give it to you. He's the God of your Jacobs too. <clears throat> We're done. Uh, Miss Melanie, if you want to go ahead and play something. Let's just pray. I, I, I got one more little story I want to tell, but I, 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 just got, <laughs> I just need to pray. God, like, calm me down. <laughs> and, and let me show, show your people this. Please let me show your people this so that they don't miss what's going on. Let me speak clearly so that they can hear. All right, amen. Amen. Ten chapters later in Acts 18, there's this dude, this name, his name is Sostens. And, and, and I love what we see from Sostens because when we look in the Scripture and read in Acts chapter 18, here's what goes on. Saul, who we now know is Paul, is speaking to all the Gentiles. Sostens gets mad, has a whole revolt after a year and a half, and they're going to try to take Paul to court. So as they go to take Paul to court, it's Paul and Silas in the courtroom. They have a new governor, and their governor looks at Paul, he looks at Silas, and then Sostens in an entire Jewish synagogue is sitting over there trying to accuse Paul. And they give him the verdict and the governor looks up and he says, Paul, do you want to defend yourself? And right before Paul goes to speak, here's what happens. The governor says, never mind, Paul. You don't have to do that. Sustenance. Why in the world are you bringing this to me? Like, I don't care. It's just Jewish tradition. Get out of the courtroom and don't ever come back. So they kick Sostens out, him and all his, all his leader. And when Sostens gets off of the, I guess you would say, out of the courtroom and walks down, as he begins to walk down the steps, he's greeted by a host of people who are so angry from wasting the new governor's time, they beat 
him with rods so severely that they think Sostens is dead. I dare you to go look this up. They beat the poor man. The man that Saul was trying to imprison or kill Saul later, Paul, the same man, now is beaten up. And if you turn, this all happened in Corinth, by the way. That was the city that they were in, in the city of Corinth. This all took place. And I dare you to turn to the first chapter and the first verse of 1 Corinthians. And what will you see in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 1? This letter is written by Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ our Lord, and from his brother Sostens. Is anybody in there can back me up on this? So somewhere in between all that just happened, I don't know, we're going to enter into the like, out of fact and just kind of enter into the realm of possibility. I don't know exactly what happened, but I can just see Paul, who was once Saul, he was once a killer, taking people to court, trying to have people's life taken. I can see him limping out of the courtroom because he has been beaten with rods twice up to this point and left for dead twice as well. I can see him limping out, and when he gets past all the people and all the fancy entrances and exits, he looks on the ground, and in the mud and in the mire, he sees a guy on the ground whose name is Sostens, the same dude that was trying to kill him. And I can just see Paul maybe telling Silas, come here, and bending on the ground, picking up his arm and taking him back to where he used to live, putting him down in the hospital bed, fixing and mending his broken bones, putting saliva on all the cuts to, to make him heal well. I can see him taking a wet rag and dossing all the blood and helping all the bruises off of him to get him back into good shape. So much so that a year later, the same man that tried to kill Saul was the same man who helped him write to the same church that he just left. How did it happen? And it happened because Saul knew what it was like to be Sostens. Saul knew what it was like to try to kill, to not understand, to have a way. He knew what it was like to have Jesus change your name. So out of his remembrance of his own past, he took the love of God and said, Sostens, I know you meant it for harm, but come here, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to help you. And in so doing, he won Sostens over. You ever heard that, Mr. Donnie? The point is this, is that Jesus says, anybody can love your neighbor, but I'll tell you what you ought to do. Love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Y'all can close y'all's eyes with every head bowed. <clears throat> right now, in the room, I think that there are three people I think in a, in a sense that there is somebody in here who's, who's struggling with the very beginning of I've had God, I've been trying to serve God and man, my life is just gone to pieces. Somebody in here right now, probably several people right now who because of that very thing, they are battling, they are neck deep in depression. You are battling your own mental stability of what the devil has on your back, you are struggling to piece all the peace. If that's you this morning, I just want you to lift your hand up real quick. We're going to pray for you. 
see all the hands that are going up. We're going to pray for you. Maybe you're like number two. Maybe you're saying, you know, Drake, I've been looking for the miracle and I've left the, the I've been looking for the magic and, and I've left the miracle of God. I knew a lot about God, but man, I, I really want to know God. I, I, I need to be authentic in my faith. Drake, will you help me? Will you pray for me to be authentic in your faith? If that's you and you say, God, I just want to seek you more. I want to be more authentic. You just lift your hand right here. We're going to pray for you. We're going to pray for all the hands that are going up. Lastly, well, thirdly, maybe you're in here and you say, you know what, I need to forget my past. I need to move on with my future. (laughs) I want God to change me from Saul to Paul. I love it in the book of Revelation, it says this. It says, and God will give everyone a new name whose book is in the names the lamb's book of life he will give us a new name you and i he will if you're in here and you say i need to i I have the devil he's on my back i need to pray for god to come and give me a new name if that's you just raise your hand leaving your past moving into a future amen amen and now lastly maybe you're in here and you need to do some forgiving Sostens has beat you down. He's tried to kill you. He's tried to take you to court. He's wronged you in a severe way. And God is calling you to be like Paul and to love your enemy, to forgive him, to show him the love of God. If that's you and you're in here, just raise your hand. We're going to pray for you right now. I pray for all the hands. All the hands. All the hands that are going up. We're going to take this next time as Miss Diane comes and leads us in this, in this place of worship. I want you to take this time, and if you raise your hand, if you feel caught, you, this altar is open. You come, and, you come and get right with God right now. Just pray, God, help me, whatever it is. If it's depression that's on your back, if it's the need to forgive, if it's the want to change your uh, new name, if it's to be authentic, you come down, you pray to God right now. As we stand, as we sing, as you come, I'll be up here if anybody wants to talk. I invite you all to come.